Welcome to the All Your Decisions Podcast. If you are looking for a personal development podcast that is unfiltered and authentic, you've come to the right place. Each week, we bring you the best ways to make better decisions in every aspect of your life. Get ready for an up-close and personal conversation with your hosts, where they will discuss how to lead a better life through better decisions. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and CK. Hi everyone, so today I'm here with Chen Kok again, we're going to talk about a very close to heart topic and it's related to one of our past episodes about housing and today we're going to share with you guys about how to deal with your house once you have owned it and really how to make the best use of your house. Okay, mm-hmm. so Chen Kok, in Singapore we are always very proud of home ownership, right? Yeah. And, and I think the Singapore government always talks about uh, we have a very high percentage home ownership. I think we are like around 97% home ownership in Singapore at the moment. Wow, that's very specific. I was going <laughs> to say maybe 90%, but since you get it at 97 that's great. Mm. But is that really an indicator of success, right, mm. to, to your financial well-being? Um, because the, the downside is that I've met several people uh, when I do... Uh, social work is that they can be very asset rich mm-hmm. but cash flow wise they are very poor mm. so have you had such experience uh, I do. with Singaporeans? Yeah so most of, for most of my clients I will always tell them and this is very close to my heart I always tell them to right size their house mm. I just want to share an experience with one of my clients whom I will not name today so at the, right now she's around 50 10 years ago she bought two condominiums and in the past, the rules for a home ownership was very different. So she got two condominium. She was very asset rich and she has a decent job. She earns around $10,000 in the past. She was, uh, then this is where the problem comes because now she has two condominiums. She needs to pay off these two mortgages every single month. Every single month, she would only have cash of, let's say, $1,000 to spend with. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, so she lives like this for the next 10 years. And during these 10 years, there are a lot of problems naturally that comes with a house. So she was renting out the house. And of course, sometimes she gets bad tenants. And da da da, she needs to buy a new washing machine. She needs to buy a, she needs to buy a new, what's the thing called? Fridge. The, yeah, the fridge and so on. So there's a lot of uh, downside when it comes to uh, property but let's talk about right sizing your house and a certain symptoms i've seen in singapore is they have singaporeans do have a lot of assets and the, what do i mean by asset is a huge chunk of their money is stuck in their property yeah in, in fact that there was this observation that uh, ev- almost every singaporean can be considered a millionaire Mm-hmm. simply because of their house mm. right whether they pay off the mortgage or not i mean that's mm. another topic but mm. on the asset level they are millionaires mm. however my, my experience last time when i was doing some uh, social work is that there are many people uh, who are very asset rich right in fact they could be living in a landed terrace house or, or, or a bungalow but it can be a very old one mm-hmm. and because they have retired right very similar to your client's case and they sort of like have no more source of income, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the house could be fully paid off, so that's mm-hmm. the blessing. Mm-hmm. However, be- because of that, they, 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 they don't have an active income and the government 
policy is that they will tend to judge you based on your housing situation, mm. right? So if you live in a very small public housing, mm. uh, probably you get a lot of assistance. Mm -hmm. uh, versus if you were to live in a very, a very expensive landed property, mm -hmm. um, even though you have no active income, mm. there's a limit to how much uh, social welfare you can receive, mm -hmm. right? So, so for these people, they are really very asset rich and they are poor in cash flow. Mm -hmm. So how can we help them in right-sizing their house? Mm, I feel that when it comes to right size, your your property would be choose the property that best suits your scenario. Okay, this sounds like some bullshit, right? <laughs> but I, I feel that we should always find a property that best fits your current situation right now. Mm. So I have uh, two clients, they are going to get married very soon and they are looking at which property to invest in. And uh, they are considering between the traditional uh, HDB or housing, uh, the government public housing. public housing versus the condo at the moment. So to give uh, like some perspective, the HDB is, will cost them around 400,000. Mm -hmm. The same, sim uh, a property of the similar size in the condo will cost them between 1.9 to $2 million. Yeah, for the same, around the same area. So I feel that let's say for this young couple and they want to grow a family if that's their case if they want to have family in future two children one two children if they were to get a condo and they can get that particular condo because of their income they will be sacrificing a lot of their cash flow if they are doing that yeah so so i feel that i really agree with the, the your point about looking at which life stage you are at and look at your housing choice right so as if you are forming a family and your family size is going to get bigger, you're going to have more kids, yeah, you know, go ahead and, and buy a bigger place and maybe you even want to upgrade all the way to a landed housing, which can be uh, the, the sort of the highest tier of housing in Singapore. However, when you are old, retired, you have no more cash flow, maybe your kids have already moved out, you know, um, it might be a good idea for you to sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it downsizing, right? It's really right-sizing. There's, there's really no need for you as a as a, a lone couple as old to stay at a at a landed property that is like mm -hmm. three thousand square feet, right? Mm -hmm. You can easily have a very happy life, uh, maybe at a one thousand square feet mm. uh, house house. So, mm. so by right sizing your house to a smaller one, you you can actually unlock a lot of cash value, mm -hmm. and and to me, nothing is more important at the retirement age than to have a very stable and secure cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. So so for those. People who, you know, they are still staying in a landed property and yet they are very cash flow poor because of the lack of income because they are retired. I feel that really selling their current place is, is something that uh, can really help them a lot because if it's a landed place, uh, if you downsize to a, to a public housing or even to a, a small size condo, you can easily get a million or two out of mm -hmm. it, right? And, and that should suffice as a retirement fund mm -hmm. if you use it carefully. Mm -hmm. So Pete, I agree with you and you seem to have a lot of experience with old retired people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to ask the question why, like there, there is some benefits that you mentioned about mm. Um, mm. right-sizing your property. Why are these people uh, still want to stay in this property, this landed property? Why, why do you think they want to continue staying there even though they are cash poor? When, when I speak to them, I, I feel that a lot got to do with uh, legacy issues and emotions. Like they really love the place. Uh, they've been there for so long. They raised their kids there. They probably even raised their grandchildren there. So, so there was a lot of sentimental value to the house. And, and they, 
and they are not willing to you know uh, part with it and therefore when when I suggest these things to them at those meetups at the so, at the social uh, events uh, to them it's not something that they even want to consider because mm-hmm. they, they feel like you know uh, selling a house that they have been staying in for so long is like mm-hmm. taking away a part of them mm-hmm. right a part of their life mm-hmm. uh, yeah so so I feel that that, that was mostly the, the the obstacle that I have from from mm. all these uh, all I these see. people yeah so it sounds like we uh, even though we can talk about right size right sizing our house there is a lot of balance that I feel we should look at. For example, we should find a property that uh, can fit our emotion and at the same time what we want and, and at the same time let us have the enough cash to continue uh, the, our day-to-day living. Yeah, and, and I think it's not just for day-to-day living, right? I mean, when you're retired, the, you don't just want to suffice your day-to-day living, right? You want to have <laughs> even a better quality of life because you have worked so hard your whole, your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So really... I feel that for most people, the ability to you know take the humble pie and right size their house down to a smaller size and unlocking huge value from their current property mm-hmm. and allowing them to you know to really uh, spend it uh, in a meaningful way, right? Be it traveling or you know living uh, 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 spending it on events and making themselves feel better mm-hmm. about the retirement. That might be more purposeful, right, mm-hmm. than to cling on to a, a property that has been uh, there for 30 years mm-hmm. and the thing is these properties usually when I when I look at them it's like they have all sorts of issues right they are leaking mm-hmm. here and there termites and everything mm-hmm. maybe the garden is not tend to so it's not just the house is old but actually the house is also consuming resources mm-hmm. from the family right so that adds to their their financial difficulty mm-hmm. especially if you don't have an active income anymore mm-hmm. I see then uh, let's talk about decision making because part of this podcast is to try to make ourselves better decision makers. Mm. So let's say we talk about this uh, this retiree specifically and they have certain obstacles to want to right size their house. Given all these benefits, they still do, want, they do not want to even consider about it. Mm. What do you think are the emotions that they have that prevents them from making all these decisions? I think definitely is their identity that's associated to the house right they like, like i said before they really uh, feel that the house is part of them and mm-hmm. for them to sell it is like really betraying their own identity so this is not something that they can do mm-hmm. uh i don't know something that i read recently uh, which i thought was very useful is this book by james clear right about atomic habits and mm-hmm. and he talks about how you can make very significant changes in your life by taking very small steps. Mm-hmm. So one thing I try to suggest to some of uh, the people that I work with in this area is that maybe you want to start clearing your house bit mm-hmm. by bit, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying, oh, now your whole house is full of uh, all your uh, memora- memories, mm-hmm. right? Your, mm-hmm. your, your pictures of your family, the vase and everything. Mm-hmm. You, let's try to clear out the house in a bit by bit way. Mm-hmm. Right, removing some of your closets, removing mm-hmm. some of the furniture, and slowly and, and gradually removing that identity mm-hmm. association with the house. Mm-hmm. So that when it comes to the moment where you are making the decision to sell the place, mm-hmm. it won't be so painful. Mm-hmm. Right? In a way, it's kind of like, let's do a Marie Kondo to mm-hmm. your house mm-hmm. before you sell it. Mm. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of uh, sentimental emotions over there. Mm. But do you think pride is one of the emotions that prevents them from let's say, down, uh, right-sizing their property. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Now they talk about it. So it's like, you know, I used to stay in lender and then now when yeah. my friend, I have mm. to tell them that, hey, I stay, I stay in a HDB. Mm. Right? Uh, 
true. I, I guess I guess pride is something that people cling on to. But I just want to say, uh, I'd rather be cash flow rich than to be prideful and poor. Mm, right. Okay, sure. Right. Mm. So so it is an obstacle that people have to get over. I feel the best way is to really not identify yourself to the house. Mm. Right? Do the best way is not to identify yourself as I'm a landed owner. Mm. Alright? Uh, maybe you want to identify yourself as something that's more flexible but maybe uh not so rigid, mm. right? And if you can say that, hey, I'm I'm a very financially savvy person. Mm. I will make financially sound decisions, mm. right? Versus I'm a landed owner. Okay. Yeah, because some of the things that we just hear today might be difficult to stomach for a certain group of people. Yes. And it's certainly not easy to make like, decisions given that emotions are running very high. But I always feel that to make uh, good decisions or better decisions would be first identifying the emotions that is running inside of us. Mm. For example, what is preventing me from really right-sizing my house? Is it because the, I have this identity that oh, I need to appear rich? Yeah, this might sound very painful, uh, maybe like a jab to some, some people, but I feel that these are certain emotions that we have in the past that maybe in the past we were looked down upon. Mm. And we just want to show that uh, we, we are at that level. So I feel that it could be go way back to our childhood. And the first thing is to identify all these little things. We can really make better decisions, especially when we come to a topic of right-sizing right our house. Yeah, so, so I feel that since in Singapore the house ownership is so high, actually for most people, uh, if you're worried about retirement plan, actually this could be one of the most powerful methods that you can think about, you know. Do more research about it, you know, uh, before you take any actions. But the key simple message is that really think creatively about how you can secure uh, your retirement. And instead of being just asset rich, but day to day, you are counting pennies. Right? <laughs> okay, so this is not meant to be a, a, a sad episode, but really we feel that this is something that is very important for a lot of people out there, especially in Singapore when the home ownership is very, very high. Uh, there's a huge potential for people to really uh, unlock real value from their house and really lead a better retire retirement life because the last thing you want is to really work hard for 50 over years mm -hmm. and then when it comes to retirement, you are just not enjoying it mm -hmm. and, and living in that big house that you, you have mm -hmm. but your day-to-day -day life, you are not really cherishing it. Versus mm -hmm. maybe you may have a smaller house now but it does serve the purpose that you need. But at the same time, you have enough resources to really go and travel, to do whatever you want, or even like, you know, start a side business that, that uh, you always wanted to, a passion that you always wanted to. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that will be a better way to lead your life. Yep, I agree. Okay, so uh, that's all we have for this episode about right-sizing your house. Uh, we hope it's useful for you. What do you think? Uh, do you own a place right now? And how would you uh, want to unlock the value? Do put in the comments below, and we will see you at the next episode. You have been listening to All Your Decisions. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. To access our best resources, go to the All Your Decisions group on Facebook. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional.